It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. Follow the show on Twitter at LL Thunderpod. Call into the show 405-362-7128. This is your only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. And on today's show, we are going to dive into Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer reporting that the Suns are trying to use that 10th pick and trade for Chris Paul. The Mavericks are eyeing their third star. The Hornets want old friend Russell Westbrook. Will the Raptors play in Tampa Bay? There is now an update on Will Weaver, who was once in the mix for the Thunderhead coaching job, and Killian Haynes tells me a very, very important detail about his draft process so far. We will also dive into the top wings in this class that the Thunder need to take a look at and the second round sleepers the Thunder should look at. And it's also Friday, so that means it's a stock watch Friday and we will have our final stock watch buying and selling NBA draft prospects ahead of the NBA draft. So a lot to get into today and we start with Kevin O'Connor who put out another mock draft for the Ringer and in this mock draft there was a ton of reports, a ton of of reporting done on trades that could happen, what teams are looking to move up and what teams are looking to move down. And for the Thunder, the Suns are trying to move the 10th pick to get Chris Paul. And this is very important to note because when this first got put out there that the Suns were involved from Brian Winhorst, when this first got put out there, immediately it broke during my recording of the show, I immediately threw out there, Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, 10th overall pick. Now, since then, a local Suns radio uh host has since said that he's heard that the Thunder are not interested in Ricky Rubio uh, or or Kelly Oubre. Uh, and then also, uh, there's been talks of the Suns not being interested in giving up the 10th pick. But Kevin O'Connor, who, uh, again, I trust more than a local, uh, a local radio personality, Kevin O'Connor is saying that the Suns will try to use that 10th pick to get Chris Paul. Will it actually end up happening? Who knows? But they're at least trying and, and using that as leverage to get Chris Paul. Brian Windhorst says it's a better than 50-50 chance that the Suns land Chris Paul. So we'll see how this unfolds. And I would imagine that a Chris Paul trade gets done prior to the draft. Whenever the transaction window opens, which is looking like it'll open on Monday, when it opens, then I think that a deal gets done pretty quickly. Because I think that the Thunder are going to get some asset back from this draft class. And you have to make that deal uh, get finalized and everything by Tuesday or Wednesday evening for the draft, of course. So I think that that's when we can expect the Chris Paul trade and we'll see if I'm right or wrong, but there's more news today. There's so much news and notes from the NBA and we're going to dive into them right now. The Hornets are 
among the teams interested in trading for Russell Westbrook. And they're the first team that's really put their name on it of saying that they, you know, want to get Westbrook. The the Knicks are playing uh, coy and saying that they're not really looking to add Russell Westbrook and and really no team outside the Hornets has just let it be known or let it leak out to the media that they're trying to get Russell Westbrook. And the Russell Westbrook conversation is very interesting to me because whenever he requested this trade, the entire time the conversation was last night on Twitter and everything else, he's not a bad player, but he's not a bad player, but, and after that, but, and after saying he's not a bad player, people followed that up with reasons why he is a bad player or portraying him as a bad player. So this is a guy that made all NBA this year. This is a guy that before the, the hiatus was playing some amazing basketball. This is a guy that during the season, it was looked upon as, what if this is Russell Westbrook's team? And we have to remember, that's how good Russ was this year. He had stopped shooting threes. He'd become more efficient. He was playing some great basketball. Started the year slow, ended the bubble poorly, and again, had COVID, which we still do not know the impact it has on athletes. Had the quad injury. And I understand why the, the injury part of that, the quad injury, is something that Rockets fans don't really want to hear about because if you're good enough to play, then you shouldn't have to to throw out that injury qualifier because the team was, was doing really good in that series before Russell Westbrook. And it's why I said that adding Russell Westbrook might have been bad for Houston before he even returned to the floor whenever we were doing these shows about the postseason. I understand the injury part of it, but COVID, I think, is legitimate. I think that you just don't understand how much it takes out of somebody after they've had COVID to where I think that that did impact his play. But again, at stretches at this point of the season, Russell Westbrook was an elite basketball player. Another disappointing postseason for a multitude of reasons, but another disappointing postseason. We can end it there. But for someone who was once elite this year and made the All-NBA team, it seems like every fan base who might possibly get Westbrook is kind of like, at best, they're like, eh, okay, if you're the Hornets and you haven't really experienced anything or felt anything basketball-wise in, in a decade, sure. But, you know, when there was talks of the Bucks and talks of the Clippers, all these contending teams and, and their fan bases are like, uh, no thanks. No thanks. I hope that they don't do this. I hope that they do not add Russell Westbrook. Which is weird. I don't remember a time where we can all agree he's not a bad player, but also we can all agree that if you're a fan of a contending team, you don't really want him on your team? It is such a weird dynamic for Russell Westbrook, and it's been that way his entire career. So I'm very interested to see where he lands uh, after this trade uh, that he has requested from the Houston Rockets. And then the Rockets saga is just hilarious. I, I mean, it is. I'm sorry, folks, but you have James Harden you know, talking about how, you know, and yelling at Austin Rivers because he stood on the, on the bench wrong. He stood up on the bench wrong and made him miss a free throw. Give me a break. Uh, you have no accountability. You just have role players getting upset about their role of being a role player. It's just hilarious what all has gone gone off in the last couple of days. And I felt kind of bad for James Harden because it felt like after there was one report of something going wrong, like after Westbrook demands the trade, and then you and then you hear the the 
uh, Austin Rivers story. And then after that, it looked like it seemed like the Rockets were just like, okay, you know what? Let's just air this all out. Actually, Eric Gordon is mad that that he didn't get an, an extension. He did not get a, a pay raise. And Daniel House is mad at his role. And it just seems like everyone is piling on the Rockets. That it's just like, okay, when are they going to catch a break here of how bad things were behind the scenes? I, I think that it, when it rains, it pours. And you know, these teams, I think, deal with a lot more behind the scenes. Uh, negatively than what than what we know, and so when it starts to when it starts to come out and when it starts to become public, it's easy and easy to pile on. But the Dallas Mavericks again, this is on uh, Kevin O'Connor's uh, mock draft. The Dallas Mavericks, Mavericks again are searching for that third star. Zach Levine, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Victor Ledipo are all names linked to Dallas. And to me, if I was the Mavericks, I, I just wouldn't rush this thing. I, I really wouldn't. I don't like Zach Levine, you know, particularly. I don't like Spencer Dinwiddie particularly with that core. I mean, I, those two players are really good players individually. But with the core of Luka and KP in, in Dallas, I, I don't really like that that move. I don't think that those are the, the two players that get you over the top, especially given what you would have to give up because the Mavericks don't have a lot of young assets that aren't big contributors. Uh, I'm not trading Dorian Finley-Smith. I'm not trading Maxi Kleber. I'm not trading uh, Seth Curry. I'm not trading any of those guys to get – Zach Levine or Spencer Dinwiddie, and rightfully so, those two teams will request those guys back and demand those guys back if you want all-star players like that. So I would just set this one out. And Victor Ladipo, I think that there's no need to rush it in that sense either because Victor Ladipo can be had next offseason after you see if you swing and miss on Giannis. So to me, if I was the Mavericks, I would just sit back and relax. I mean, run it back with this with this core here. You know, you get Luka, you get KP at some point this season, maybe even for the season opener he'll be ready. Uh, who knows with his injury. Uh, but you get Luka, KP, Curry, Kleba. You know, you get uh, you know Dorian Finley-Smith. Uh, of course, Tim Hardaway is going to pick up his option. Just run that same team back that was really fun, really competitive, and if they don't get hurt, I think that they have a better chance to upset the Clippers. You run that that team back, and then next offseason, you take that big swing at Giannis, and if you cannot connect, then you start talking about adding a Zach Levine. Then you start talking about adding a Victor Lidipo. But you don't preemptively do that before you know without a shadow of a doubt you cannot get Giannis. Because if Giannis goes and tests free agency, it's going to be very hard for him to turn down the Dallas Mavericks. There's also reports about Victor Lidipo that in front of his teammates are ask is asking players from the Raptors and the Knicks and the Heat whenever they go play those teams, hey, can, can I join up with you guys? Can, can I join you guys' team in front of his own teammates? Which is just hilarious, and I'm not sure how true that is, but he he told Tom Crean it was not true, his old you know Indiana coach. He, he says it's not true. Of course, Oladipo's going to say it's not true. Who knows? But it, it is wild. The Raptors might play in Tampa, in Tampa Bay, which would be kind of crazy to have – the Raptors, who are still a good competitive team, a contender for the Eastern Conference final run, a contender for even an NBA championship, depending on the offseason moves that they make, to have them in Tampa Bay, to have the Bucks in Tampa Bay, to have the Lightning winning the Stanley Cup, and to have the Rays win the World Series. It would be kind of weird just for Tampa Bay to just kind of dominate the sports world if the Raptors could make a, a miraculous run. But in this case scenario, for one season, it would switch their division, and they would go from playing like Boston and Philadelphia and those teams to playing the Magic Hawks, Heat, and Hornets. So if I was a Raptors fan, I would be dying to get them to Tampa Bay for one season uh, because of the COVID and the, and the inability to travel uh, across the border. So they can't play in Toronto probably. So I'd be dying to get into this division where you're just feasting on the Magic and the Hornets. Even with Russell Westbrook, the Hornets are not going to be very good. And then the Hawks, we'll see what they end up doing this offseason. They have a chance this offseason to really improve their team and really become better, but still not as good as the Raptors. And then the Heat would be an interesting matchup. But you look at the season, the schedule we expect to 
we expect to be all about, you know, division opponents and, and all about conference opponents and even upping the amount of time you play in your division. So this could be a big deal for them if they have to switch their division to an easier division on paper. But coming up, I want to talk about Will Weaver and what ended up happening with him in Oklahoma City. I want to talk about LaMelo Ball and who he's been working out with. And Killian Hayes told me something very interesting that you're going to want to hear. Coming up as well, we have the NBA draft big board for the wing position. We have the NBA draft big board for second round sleepers. And we have our final stock watch of who we're buying and selling heading into the NBA draft. But first, I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order. That's right, 20% off your next order. They have six brand new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Built Bars are great for the health conscious person, losing or retaining weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Built Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Built Bars are soft and easy to chew, 100% chocolate on the outside. You can use them pre-workout. You can use them post-workout. You can even use them as a meal replacement. They are just that good. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get 20% off your next order when you use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And so we're back on the Lockdown Thunder podcast on the Lockdown Podcast Network. This is your only place to get a daily Thunder podcast every single day. So also on the network today, though, we do continue the Lockdown NBA mock draft. The Lockdown NBA mock draft is off and running, and it's where all of our local experts make the picks for our teams. I made the picks for the Thunder. We can also make trades, which I did make a trade for the Thunder. So listen to Locked on NBA every single day leading up to the draft and hear each of our picks with our local experts giving analysis on their pick as well as national experts like Chad Ford, like the Athletics' John Hollinger, like Sports Illustrated's Jeremy Wu. And check out all those episodes on Locked on NBA today, wherever it is you get your podcast after you finish listening to Locked on Thunder because we still have a lot to get to today. So for starters, Will Weaver has joined the Rockets staff and this is interesting to me because even though I thought that the Thunder quarantining him in Oklahoma City was eventually going to lead to a hire because I didn't think that they would just conduct in-person interviews for no reason given the pandemic given uh, you know the fact that he was traveling over uh, from overseas given how hard travel is I didn't think it would be just be for no reason so they quarantined him they interview him didn't work out they hire Mark and I thought okay even though you hired Mark which is who I thought was going to be hired before the quarantining of, of Will Weaver even though you had Mark, you still have to replace Maurice Cheeks, who went on to Chicago and continues on coaching under Billy Donovan. You still have a top assistant spot to be had here. We're late in the process. Will Weaver has a ton of assistant coaching uh, experience and was in the running for a ton of other assistant coaching jobs this season. It makes a lot of sense for him to take the place of Maurice Cheeks. You run the rest of the staff back the way it was last year, and you move forward this season with a great assistant, Will Weaver. But instead, 
after the interview with Oklahoma City, he travels down to Austin, Texas, his hometown, and is with family. And then all of a sudden, things get put together, and he now joins the Rockets coaching staff. So he does become an assistant in the NBA. The Sydney Kings do need a new head coach, but it's not with the Thunder, which I found very interesting. So what did Killian Hayes tell me during the NBA draft prospect interview process? So the media got together today, and we were able to talk to a lot of NBA draft prospects, one of whom being Killian Hayes. And so I asked Killian Hayes, with the rumors of, you know, the Thunder trying to trade up in this draft class, have you had any contact with the Oklahoma City Thunder? And he told me that he did do a Zoom interview interview with Oklahoma City and that it went great and that he thinks that he would fit in great with Oklahoma City. So maybe if the Thunder do get that 10th pick and cannot move up from the mellow ball, which are which is also rumors going around right now, and cannot move up from the mellow ball, then maybe if Haynes, if Hayes is still there, that could be your pick for the Thunder if they try to move up in that top 10 range because he would not last to 25. So to interview him, it's either A, you're just doing due diligence, which is probably what it's likely. It's likely just you're doing due diligence and this is no big deal. Or B, if you're stuck at 10 and you can't move up any further than that, you might have Killian fall to you and draft him at 10. So we will see what happens on that front. But just to let you know, he did tell me that he has spoken with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Now, speaking of LaMelo Ball, LaMelo Ball has worked out with the uh, with the Wolves, the Warriors, the Hornets, and the Pistons. And he is set to talk with me and the rest of the media at 1.15 on Friday. So if you're listening to this on Friday, head on over to Twitter and go to at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. I'll be tweeting out the entire uh, answers from the LaMelo Ball press conference. And there's going to be like 120 media people there. It's going to be the biggest media session we've had so far in these uh, in these pre-draft interviews because of LaMelo Ball. So if I get called on, I'm of course going to ask him if he's heard anything from the Thunder. So hopefully uh, I'll get my uh, Zoom hand raised up quickly enough to be called upon to ask him about Oklahoma City and see just how legitimate those reports are. Because if, if he's being truthful and he tells me that the Thunder did not talk to him, it's pretty evident that they're not seriously trying to get them on the ball. Now, it's not to say they're not trying to move up, but they're not seriously trying to get them on the ball because Sam Presti is going to is going to talk to someone like LaMelo Ball before making that selection. He's going to talk to anyone that he's thinking about picking. Uh, again, this is a guy that talked to Trey Young. This is a guy that talked to Victor Ladipo. This is a guy that talked to, to players who he has no business drafting and didn't draft, but he wants to have that intel. He wants to have that um, knowledge about these players in case they become available again, just like Victor Ladipo became available again. So on that front, you would expect that he's talked to LaMelo, but you would especially expect it if he's actually trying to move up because there's reports out there that he is like Sam Presti's guy and Sam Presti has him above every other prospect in this draft and really wants to get up there and draft them. So I'm going to ask him, have you heard anything from Sam Presti and from the Oklahoma City Thunder? So those are the news and notes around the NBA. And so for the rest of the show, which it'll be a longer show, I apologize, we're going to dive into the NBA Draft Big Board to the Thunder for the wing position. We're also going to do second round sleepers, and we're going to do stock watch. We're buying and, and selling NBA Draft stock. So I want to do the wings. There's only four. This is a very weak wing draft to me in terms of wings that are actually legitimate options for Oklahoma City and that I also like for Oklahoma City. Number one for the wings to me is someone that you're only going to get if you get the Phoenix pick. And even then, he might be drafted beforehand. But that is Isaac Okoro. He is one of my favorite prospects in this draft class because he is going to be an elite defender at the NBA level. And he has at least one NBA elite skill. And he told us today that his jump shot is vastly improved and that he has gotten more arc on his jump shot 
and that he would grade out his jump shot at a B plus in an A category from there. Whereas in college, he says he would grade it out as a C or a C minus uh, that he's made that much of a stride improvement as uh, shooting a three ball. So if he can start to shoot the ball as well as he can play make and as well as he can play that elite defense, oh my goodness, that becomes the best three and D wing in this class. And, and that's saying a lot because you're going to hear us talking more about that three and D throughout the rest of this wing category. But Okoro has elite defensive ability. He is beyond smart. I mean, he has so much basketball IQ as a 19-year-old. He's a fantastic finisher at the rim. He's a fantastic playmaker for his size and his position. He is very versatile defensively, duh, because he's an elite defender. He's awesome. He's just awesome. The the knock against him is his shooting. And if you take him at his word, and if you've watched his workouts, which of course this is only applying to NBA draft, NBA GMs, but if GMs have watched his workouts and think that he truly has changed his jump shot, you have to draft this guy. Because if he can shoot the ball at an even respectable clip, you have to draft this guy. He is so good. Number two, Aaron Neesmith out of Vanderbilt. Of course, his college career got cut short a little bit, but this guy is an absolute Beast from beyond the arc. Shot 52% from three. Limitless range from three-point land. That That's all you need to know. I mean, just his shooting and his effort that he gives and his cerebralness as, he's, as a defender. Give me Aaron Neesmith all of the time. All the time. 10 times out of 10. I want Aaron Neesmith if he's there at 25. I think that he goes in the, in the high 20s, late teens. So I don't think he'll be there at 25. And I don't know if you'll still even own the 25th pick, but still, I love what he brings to the table. He's an elite three-point shooter. He told me today that he has spoken with Oklahoma City, that he would love his fit in Oklahoma City, and that he loves the organization of Oklahoma City. Uh, so actually, that interview was on Wednesday, but still. He, he told me that this week, that he loves Oklahoma City, and he has interviewed with them, that they've spoken with him. So number three, I have Sadiq Bey. Sadiq Bey is incredible 3 and D. There again. Uh, 58% effective field goal, field goal percentage, really good three-point shooter, really good defense, really good IQ, and he's from Villanova. So I, I really think that Villanova just has this culture of, of really molding players to maximize their skill set and make an impact at the NBA level immediately. So he can be an elite three-point shooter or at least a, an above-average three-point shooter at the NBA level. You obviously expect a little bit of a drop-off his first year from the three-point line going from college to the NBA. But still, above-average three-point, amazing defense, amazing basketball IQ, understands how to play the game, hard worker, hustles. You like all of that. Sadiq Bey, I like him a lot. Obviously, Sadiq Bey is going to go you know, 20s to 25, so this is only if you stay in your original slot or move up only a tiny bit to get Sadiq Bay. but still, I really like him. And then the second round for the last wing, which, again, this is how shallow the wing position is uh, for players I think are attainable and also that I like on the wing position, is Tyler Bay. And, and Tyler Bay from Colorado is a really good defender from Colorado, and we've been down that road before with Colorado defenders. Shout out Andre Robertson. Uh, and he's really good at shot blocking, really good at defending the perimeter. Obviously, can't do much else, and that's why he's a second-round pick. I mean, if he could do really anything else except for elite on-ball defense and his ability to pr- protect the paint even at just 6'7", then he would be much higher. But he has amazing IQ. You know what you get out of a Colorado defender. Going to get an amazing upside as a center, as a small ball five with a 7-1 wingspan. And that fits the modern game, which Mark Dagnog talked about wanting to get into with this Thunder core. 
He can help you do that. Tyler Bay can out of Colorado. So I like him in the second round. And those four names conclude my Thunder big board of wings I'd like to see the Thunder take. Because I did classify Desmond Bain as a guard. So if you want to classify him as a wing, he would move up to number one on my big board for the Thunder. Or maybe number two at worst. So there you go. There's my big board for the wings. Coming up, we're going to talk about the second round sleepers. And we will have the final stock watch where I buy and sell prospects prior to the NBA draft. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so we're back in the Locked On Thunder Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. That is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. This is Locked On Thunder, your only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. So my second round sleepers are Emmanuel Quickly, who the Thunder have met with a ton. He is my number one second round prospect. I would be so happy if the Thunder walk away. Pick 53 with Emmanuel Quickly. I would be very, very excited, and they've met with him a couple times so far. Uh, So really Quickly is a great three-point shooter, good hustle, uh, cannot really finish at the rim, cannot play make, but he can space the floor for you. And... At 6'3", with a 6'10 wingspan at the guard position, although he never showed it at college, he should be a versatile defender. He should be a good defender. And getting him in this in, in this Thunder culture with this Thunder coaching staff and Mark is such an amazing player developer. If you can develop some form of defense with him, then he becomes you know a 40% three-point shooter, which he was in college, 90% from the free throw line, which you know I take as a barometer for how successful someone can be as a three-point shooter in the NBA. And so obviously he's done it at the three point line in college and at the free throw line in college. So I really, really like Emmanuel quickly out of Kentucky. And then I have Paul Reed at number two, Jamarcus Ramsey out of Texas tech at number three. I also really like Isaiah, Isaiah Joe out of Kentucky uh, and then Grant Ryler. And, and so it's important to note that Grant Ryler is on my, my second round sleeper. So I like a lot, uh, but He's going to be on the wrong set of stock watch. Spoiler alert, and you'll hear why whenever we get to him. Now, here's the big one. My biggest second-round sleeper is Jordan Dewara, the wing out of Louisville, who I think is being so criminally underrated that the Thunder have to find a way to acquire him because at this point, he is just criminally underrated. And I really, really like him out of Kentucky. 6'7 wing, uh, 223. He has scored 19 points per game at Louisville, eight rebounds a game, one assist per game. He has done it all at Louisville. And so I really, really like what he can do. Plus three-point shooter. His three-point percentage last year at Kentucky was 40%. 40% from beyond the arc. You absolutely need to take a shot on this guy uh, in the second round. And he's 22 years old. I get that. And that's what's really pushing him, I think, down the draft boards because he is incredible offensively and he can play some nice defense. I mean, you watch his film at Louisville. I I encourage you to spend this weekend, if you're bored, with half the college football world being put on pause and OU and OSU being on bye weeks. I encourage you to to go seek out some Jordan Noiro film because he is awesome. 
And so now I want to dive into my final stock watch before the NBA draft. Yeah, they're penny stocks. I told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. I said the market fluctuates, remember? Well, what are you going to do about this stock? I'm keeping it. I'm going down with the ship. Celebrate with our weekly act of debauchery. And so as the bell rings, the market opens, and it's time to start buying and selling prospects. Let's start with selling, and let's just trade off each and every time. First sell is James Wiseman. I just don't see it with James Wiseman. I'm not into drafting seven-footers who can't space the floor anymore in 2020, so count me out on James Wiseman. Obviously, wish the best for all these guys in their career, but I am selling James Wiseman's stock before the NBA draft. I do not want any part of James Wiseman. My first buy is Desmond Bain. I love what Desmond Bain can do. This guy is going to be special at the NBA level, and someone's going to get him at like pick 20 or like pick 19, and they are going to have a steal of a pick on their hands. This is one of the smartest players in this draft. He shot 44% from three-point land. He plays very good team defense. He is not going to be outworked. Obviously, the defense on a frame of a 6'6 guy with a 6'5 wingspan is not going to be very versatile, which will hold him back a little bit in the modern game. But beyond that, love everything about him. I know he can't get to the rim. I know that there's some defensive questions in terms of one-on-one defense. Uh, but with the with the intangibles he has defensively, the IQ, the fundamentals, knowing where he needs to go and knowing where he needs to be, the rest of that hopefully will be coachable for him to learn how to maximize that. He's a very hard worker. But still, if there's even that worry about defense, you can at least know that he's not going to get abused every time, right? This is not a case scenario like a Trey Young or someone like that who will just get obliterated on the defensive end every single time. He's just going to not be elite defensively, and that's totally fine uh, for a wing like this who can maximize his talent offensively at knocking down shots. He can be a true difference maker for a team, and if a contending team gets him in that 20-pick range, Good Lord, they're going to be so happy with their selection. He can finish at the rim. He can catch and shoot. He can run the pick and roll. He He's just amazing offensively with high defensive upside. I love Desmond Bain. But we shift back over to selling, and I, I've got to do it. I, I have to sell this particular player, even though it looks like he might end up a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, and that is Alexvi Pogovicki. The seven-footer, and and look, he's seven feet tall with a 7'3 wingspan, and he weighs 200 pounds. Great ball handler, great playmaker for his size, great shooter for his size. But I just worry about his defense. As a seven-footer, he cannot protect the rim. As a seven-footer, he struggles to finish through contact with a 7'3 wingspan. How can you struggle to finish through contact as a seven footer with a seven three wingspan because you're 200 pounds and big guys typically get hurt more. Big guys typically are more injury prone. And so here's a guy that's seven feet tall. And now you would imagine is going to be asked to put on a ton of weight at the NBA game. You're going to, you're going to imagine that an NBA strength and conditioning coach and an NBA coaching staff will ask him to add weight. And anytime you need to change your body that much, it'll, it can lead to injuries. And so then you start down the path of an injury-prone player. And for what? For what? I, I can see the upside. I can see where you look at him and think, okay, this is the next unicorn of the NBA. This is the next 
Christoph Porzingis. But that that ceiling is there, but he also, to me, has the absolute lowest floor of any draft prospect in this class. The lowest floor. But here's the thing for Oklahoma City. Despite all of that, this is not the draft in which you need to make your bread and butter. This is not the draft in which you have to nail this pick. This draft class pretty much is a freebie. This draft class is pretty much a freebie. So even though there's reports that the Thunder have promised this guy and have promised to draft this guy, go ahead, swing and swing for the fences. Because if you miss, this class will not come, out, come back to bite you. Now, if you miss in next year's class in 2021, if you miss in 2022, that is where you start to stall your rebuild. That is where you start to hit setbacks and roadblocks. But for this class where there's no defined talent, this class where you know, you got a better pick than expected and you weren't really even trying to tank and even trying to make an impact in this draft class, to swing for the fences is totally fine because if you miss, you didn't really lose anything. Because, again, this is not the draft class in which you have to hit. So in that sense, I'll be okay with the pick. But personally, I like the ceiling, but I think that he'll end up more towards his floor or even at his floor, which is the lowest possible point of any prospect in this draft class. But I understand why in a class like this, where you look at all these players and say, well, they can probably be a role player. They can probably be a, a fringe starter. I can understand why you would say, well, why would I want a, a, a just a contributor or just a, a role player when I could swing for the fences and get possibly an all-star, possibly a unicorn superstar and Pokovicki. I understand that. But for me, I don't think it'll be a very good NBA player. So I'm selling him personally, but I would not, absolutely destroy the pick by any means, even though I'm selling him right here. So Terrell Terry is who I am buying at number two, and I want all the stocks of Terrell Terry. I want it all. Terrell Terry is going to be a special player in this NBA draft. He is going to be so special because at worst, he's Seth Curry, and at best, he is a a great value brand Steph Curry. So I love that from Terrell Terry. I do. At best, he's an all-star player. At best, he's a starter for the rest of time. At worst, he is a sixth man that can go get you some buckets. I'm selling LaMelo Ball. I just don't see it with this guy. I mean, in the sense of LaMelo Ball, I don't think will be worth the number one overall pick. I don't think it will be worth the number two overall pick. That's not his fault. I mean, it's just the draft class we're living in. And it won't be the team's fault either, because I think that you should draft LaMelo at worst at number four. So I just don't think the return on investment will be worth a fourth overall pick. But that's nobody's fault. It's just a draft class in which, eh, you know, everyone's just kind of eh on everybody. Uh, but I am selling Robert Woodard the, the second from Mississippi State. I, I just, I think that people are getting hit over heels for this guy for no reason. Same with Leandro Balmaro. I, I think that they've kind of been elevated too high up there. Uh, I don't think that they're first round talents. I just don't. And, and maybe I'm crazy because I'm the only one who thinks that. But I just don't think that they're first round talents. And let's just continue to sell these these prospects and then we'll go back and buy. Uh, also sell Grant Ryler's stock because, uh, again, even though he's my second round sleeper, there are some people going so far to say he's absolutely going to pan out. He's absolutely going to be a beast. He's absolutely going to be this amazing player that should be drafted in the first round. I'm not that sold on him. He's still a guy that's coming from you know the College of Charleston and playing in the Patriot League or the Colonial League or whatever they call that league over there. This is not a for sure thing, the same way people were talking about it if you're really into the draft talk and really into the weeds. But I'm also selling Devon Dotson, and I love Devon Dotson. I really do. And I hope that he is so good 
I enjoyed watching every single game of his Kansas career. But he's too fast for his own good. He is not very decisive. He cannot shoot. And so that will limit you at the NBA game, whereas college teams are not able to exploit that as much. NBA teams will just take him off the map. And when you're that small, I just don't know how good he can still get be at getting to the rim and scoring with the trees and throwing that high fly and layup that just bounces off the top of the backboard and goes in like he did at Kansas. I just don't know. Same thing with Yudoka Azubuki. Nobody will, will work as hard as Yudoka, and he'll give you so much effort but the effort doesn't really result in anything. He does not have a high motor. He cannot space the floor. He cannot really make any shot outside of the restricted area. He is not a good basketball player. He's just not. He can't make free throws. He cannot do anything except for sit in the paint, which you do not do in the NBA. You don't do that the same way you do in college. You can't just sit there in the paint. And that's all he can do on both ends of the floor. On both ends, that's all he can do. I don't like that for him. I'm going to sell his stock, even though I want those two guys to succeed so much. And then Vernon Carey Jr., I don't know why people still kind of have him on the upper end of the second round. I would push him down towards the lower back end of the second round, but that's kind of nitpicking there. I just wanted 10 names to buy and sell on both sides. And then number 10, I have Kyra Lewis Jr., and this is someone who's in the top 10 of like almost everyone. Like almost everyone has Lewis Jr. in their top 10. I don't know why everyone is so confident about Kyra Lewis Jr. I mean, this is someone who I don't think is a good playmaker. I don't think he's good driving to the rim or finishing through contact. I don't think he's particularly good as a defender who can switch in the modern NBA. I don't think he's particularly good at just doing the basics and getting the basics down first before advancing himself into the fancy the fancy moves that you work on. I just don't see it. I mean, sure, he has a, a nice free throw percentage. The, slot, the shot selection I'm not going to talk about because you know my feelings on the shot selection in college. But sure, you know, he has great athleticism. He can hustle. I, I get all that. But other than the hustle and athleticism, I don't see where you're finding this this top 10 pick in him, the, the top 10 talent in him. I would take him, you know, 15, 16, 17 range for me. So I'm selling the stock because I just think it's gotten too out of hand. I think that people have kind of elevated him too much out of the draft. And so going back to the players I'm buying, you know that I'm buying Isaac Okoro. I'm not going to re-dive into Okoro. You know that it was it's one of my dreams that that Onyeka Onkongwu can turn into a Thunder player. And maybe if you get the top 10, maybe he does, but I think he's off the board way before top 10. But you know he is one of my absolute top of the top guys in this draft class. I think he's going to be so special. I think he's going to be at least a great value BAM, if not the same as BAM or even better than BAM. He is in that range of a BAM out of bio. I like him a ton. Uh, and then Therese Halliburton, I, I think that he's going to be special. I really do. I'm interested to see where he gets drafted at. I, I don't really know what I would consider too high for him because I, I wouldn't even say that the, that the fourth pick is too high for him. I also could see him falling to like eight or nine or 10. So I'm very interested in where he falls. Therese Halliburton, Sadiq Bay and Aaron Neesmith. I, I love those guys. I'm buying all their stock, but we just talked about them in the previous segment. Uh, Emmanuel quickly. We talked about him in the previous segment, but I'm buying all of his stock. And then Obi Toppin. I, I am buying in Obi Toppin. I get it. Not the best defender, but that offensive game is so special that I just believe that with his size and intangibles and measurables that you put him with NBA coaching staff, he gives the effort. He gives the 
the intensity that you need to be good defensively. You just let the coaches work their magic and, and work around the edges and get him to be a good defender. I'm locking him in as well. Now, number 10, to wrap up the buying and selling, I am buying Killian Hayes. I think that Hayes will be a very good player. I do think this will take time, though. I think if you look at this episode a year from now, you might think I miss on Killian Hayes. I think that you need to give him two or three years in the NBA to really show you what he can do. And, and I'm not alone on this. Uh, Kevin O'Connor has him as his number one overall prospect, which I don't go that far, but I still really, really like Killian Hayes. I think he's an elite shooter, an elite playmaker. I think that he has just an attention to detail and such a good basketball mind that even getting to talk to him twice now with our different media sessions, it is such a joy whenever you can get him talking about the game of basketball. So so I'm really sold on, on Hayes. I think that he's going to be a really good pick. And I'm wondering, also like Halliburton, where he gets picked. Because I, I wouldn't say you reach on him. Once you get past like pick four, I would consider you having a good pick anytime at like five through 10 and 11 and anything past that, you would be getting a great value pick in Killian Hayes. So I do want to talk about the program and the show moving forward. So as you know, the news will start coming off the board left and right. And in fact, I'm just so scared to check my phone after hitting uh, stop recording on this episode to find out that I got to scrap this whole thing and do it all over again because there's some form of breaking news. So with that being said, if transactions somehow get leaked between now and Monday, we will have emergency episodes and we will, we will cover it immediately not just Monday through Friday anymore. I will extend into the weekends as well if there is news that needs to be covered. So be sure you subscribe to the show wherever it is you get your podcast and never miss an episode. Follow me on Twitter as well as I will update you when the episodes go live at Rylan underscore styles. This is at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. And you will want to follow there as well because this afternoon I will be tweeting out the answers from our questions and our media availability with NBA Draft Prospects Cole Anthony at 1215. Tyra Lewis Jr. at 12.30, Anyeka Nkungwu at 1, and LaMelo Ball at 1.15. Now on Monday's show, we will be previewing and predicting the upcoming trades that I expect to happen after the transaction window opens, which could open Monday at midnight, which could open Monday afternoon, which could open Tuesday morning. We just don't know. So Monday's show, we'll talk about any trades that have leaked, and we're also going to predict where I think Chris Paul will go, where I think Dennis will go, where I think all these NBA, Russell Westbrook, all these NBA guys will end up being on the move like Victor Oladipo. Where am I predicting all of them to go? On Tuesday, we will have a mock draft and power rankings episode before the draft. Where do teams stand heading into the draft? Where do teams stand heading into the draft and free agency? And where do I expect these prospects to get drafted to? On Wednesday, we will preview the NBA draft with the best, worst, and most realistic scenarios for the Oklahoma City Thunder heading into Wednesday night's draft. On Thursday, we will do winners and losers from the NBA draft, plus we will break down every pick made by the Oklahoma City Thunder. And on Friday, we will have our free agency preview, such as where were Gallinari go? What about Fred Van Vliet? What about Christian Wood? What about Harry Giles? So many free agents to talk about. We'll do that all on Friday. So subscribe to this show, Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. And we will keep you up to date on the NBA news that will be flying leading up to the NBA training camps opening up on December 1st and the season tipping off on December 22nd. It'll be a lot of fun. I'm glad that we're staying daily through all of this and even more so on the weekend if news breaks and as news breaks, we will have emergency pods. So be sure to tune in and you're going to want to subscribe. So be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. 
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.